to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and I'm joined by Eric Chatterton. And he is the co-founder and managing partner at Gibby's Capital Investments, where he's the head of investor relations as well. And he frequently shares his experience and knowledge with other investors and students looking to enter the multifamily syndication space by participating with the Multifamily Mindset educational program and three-day education events. He's been on a guest on several podcasts, has articles written about him in both Yahoo Finance and the New York Weekly, and has been invited to speak at multiple multifamily conferences across the nation. And so he has a really cool story about how he got started, what he's been able to build up today in the Texas market. So I'm super excited to share with you all his journey and his background within real estate. So Eric, welcome to the show. What an introduction. Thank you, Eileen. I'm very excited to be here and chat with you today. So Eric, can you share with us a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I take this back 18 months ago is when I got into it. But before then, I come from a sales background. So I was in direct sales for 12 years and loved it. Built some great skill sets and relationships and connections throughout my career in that space. But was you know kind of ready for a new challenge and something new to take on and something to stretch me and make me better and stumbled across multifamily. Part of the reason why I got into the multifamily space to begin with was because of my family. My family owned both single family and multifamily buildings combined. And so they had like 10 to 12 single family homes and then two small multifamily buildings as well. And part of the reason why I wanted to jump in was because I saw the lifestyle that my parents had. And I truly felt like there was a better way to do it. They were self-managing all of their own properties. They're in their 60s, you know, self-managing all their own properties and both working nine to fives. And so you know, they were working 15, 16 hour days sometimes. And you know, I just really wanted to show them there's a better way and that all their years of hard work could be capitalized on without having to put in that much work at their stage of life. So that's kind of what made me jump into it. And you know, I found multifamily, jumped into an education program called the Multifamily Mindset. And those guys really hone in on mindset and education. And I really focused on growth and jumped in and fast forward from 18 months ago to today. And we're about to close on our fifth large deal and totaling 724 units. So things have really taken off and we're just excited for the direction our team's going. That is incredible. In 18 months, you've been able to accumulate over 700 units. 700 units in 18 months. How? Yes. So let's go back a little bit. What was it about multifamily? I know you kind of talked a little bit about how you saw your parents and how you saw potential for a better way to do it. What was that better way and why multifamily for you? Like, what was it about multifamily? And walk us through how that turned into your first deal. Yeah. So I think it was just a matter of the idea of going big enough to where it could justify having a property management company, you know, stemmed from my parents working so hard and really grinding at the age that they were. And, you know, I was thinking, man, if you just go bigger, 
then it'll justify having a third-party property management company. So you don't have to be on site, you know, fixing toilets, dealing with termites and different tenants and their situations. And so that's kind of where it stemmed from of why I wanted to go big in multifamily. And then with the education program that I jumped in with Tyler Devereaux and Ryan Woolley, those guys, they teach going big from the beginning. And so that was really all that I ever knew. And where they might be bigger, well, that just allows you to bring in more partners to tackle these deals together. And you know, working with people that you care about and love is something that is a huge blessing to me. And I've been grateful for the partners that I've had. And I attribute a lot of our successes to surrounding ourselves with people that are better than us. So after you, you know, you joined the multifamily mindset group, you expanded mm-hmm. your mindset, you saw this other way to do real estate. And how did you come across your first deal? Like, what did you have to do to be able to get into your first deal? A lot of people talk about, you know, the law of the first deal, where once you get that first one underneath your belt, you know, the second, third ones fall pretty quickly right after. So, like, walk us through how did you get into that first deal or through the connections you made or relationships? Did you find it on your own partnerships? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful for how the first one happened, right? So, we submitted 27. LOIs, 27 offers before we finally got one accepted. The first deal wasn't even our deal. It was actually Tyler and Ryan's deal. They had a big investor pull out last minute, about a week before closing. For the previous seven months, I had been working on raising capital from my investors. So I had investor capital ready to deploy into deals. And so I kind of came in, put some of the capital that I had into their deal. And then also... Tyler lives in Maui and Ryan lives in Orlando. So the deal was in Dallas, Fort Worth, which is where I lived at the time. And so I also help a little bit with asset management on that deal as well. And so it really just came from space of just trying to add as much value as I possibly could to other people. And not saying that we couldn't have gotten the deal on our own first, but we had obviously tried 27 times in a row and not seen the success, right? So you know, the confidence was up and down and up and down. And mm-hmm. we kind of decided to make a shift and just try to add as much value as we could to others. And that's what led into this first deal, which is where I met a woman named Lisa Parrish, who was a partner with Tyler and Ryan on that deal. And Lisa and her husband took a liking to me and wanted to kind of take us under their wing and sponsor our next one. And so it was crazy. You mentioned the law of the first deal. For us, that was 100% true. We closed on the first deal, which was 224 units in Fort Worth, Texas. And 10 days after we closed, we got an LOI accepted on the second one. That is a deal that we found. And ever since that first one, all the other four that we've done have been deals that we sourced ourselves and that we've done A to Z with just our direct partners. So it's been really fun. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So you talked about you know the first deal that you did, right? But you mentioned... Seven months prior to even getting under your first deal, you're working to raise capital ahead of time. So you're making connections with your network, potential investors. Without that first deal, a lot of people have some hesitancy reaching out to some potential partners because in their mind, it's like, wait, I don't have the track record yet. You know, like I don't have a deal to show them. Like, what did you do to prep them and educate them prior to even getting that first deal under contract? Yeah, no, those feelings are extremely real, right? You know, it's like, well, why would someone trust me with their capital when I haven't even done a deal yet? And those thoughts crept in my head as well. And, you know, I think what worked really, really well for me was I was trying to think of the feelings I was feeling. I was feeling pressure to 
have all the answers and be the one that had the credibility when in reality, that doesn't need to be the case. And so what I did is I just completely removed the pressure off of myself, which helped allow me to feel confident and comfortable. If I make a mistake, then that's okay. Right. But part of the reason why is, you know, I removed the pressure from myself by telling my potential investors and other people, it's like, Hey, the reason why you invest in this deal is not because of me. The reason why you invest in this deal is because of the partners that I have. My sponsors on this deal, they've got over 14 years of multifamily experience. They've got over 3,000 units and their average annual returns for their investors are over 30%. And so, like I said, the reason you invest in this deal is not because of me, but because of the partners that I've put in place to tackle this deal with that. Yeah. And by doing that, it truly did remove the pressure off me and put it kind of in that, the court of them. So. No, that's fantastic. You're leveraging off of the relationship and their track record. And it's like, because people invested with you because you've already done the due diligence, you've built up that relationship and you've done your vetting of the people that you're working with. And so they're trusting that you've done your homework and that you're working together closely with these sponsors to ensure that they're going to be well-protected, that they're getting into great deals. Exactly. Yeah. And it helped a ton because it's easier always to talk about someone else's successes over your own. And eventually your actions and your success can speak for itself. And so we've just been in that mode of doing as many deals, adding value to our partners that we're lined up with. And, you know, now looking back now, you know, we've built a pretty good size portfolio for ourselves. And so now we're starting to gain that credibility. And so a lot of the people we're connected with on social media, family, friends, people we know are now finally starting to reach out to us because they've seen the continued success. And now they're looking to invest in our deals, which has been a really cool turning point for us. So for you, as you've been getting started, because you said you started about a year and a half ago, almost 18 months ago. And Mm -hmm. as you were putting in the first 27 LOIs, what do you think was the turning point for you to be able to get to that second deal? Like, What was it in that LOI that maybe set yourself apart that you were able to win that second deal so quickly? You know, a couple of things. I think the biggest thing was just the fact that we were, you know, we started building our broker relationships from the very beginning and nourishing them. You know, there's a lot of people that reach out to these brokers and they'll reach out to them one time or send them an email or give them a call one time. Well, we would nourish those relationships very, very well. And so we stayed in touch. We always wanted our messages to be top of the message box or top of the inbox and email and just let them know that we're there for the long haul. And that we're not going anywhere and that we're going to be relevant in the space for a long time. So we kept in touch and kept those relationships going. And I think because of that, once we closed on the first one and, you know, we posted on social media, we blasted out to our investors, it just instantly gave us a lot of credibility. And so when we start submitting offers for the second one, that was very fresh. People had just seen that. And I think that aided in our ability to get that LOI accepted because the broker we were working with had seen our journey throughout the last seven months and also knew that we had just closed on a deal. And so that helped a lot. But yeah, I would say that, yeah, just finally being able to get one. And then another thing that helped too is we started when we submit our LOIs, we started putting our sponsor team on our LOIs with us. And so when the sellers, brokers would go look, they see this team and the team now look stacked versus if you were a new syndicator, new multifamily investor, you know, you don't have much of a track record, but when you throw your sponsors in on there, you know, it definitely helps the broker and sellers look and say, oh, these guys are closers. You know, these guys have closed deals and they do have 
good, significant track record. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So you came from a sales background. Are you still working your normal nine to five job as well? Or are you doing this full time? I'm doing this full time. I've been full time for just about a year now. Right after we closed on the first deal, I stepped away from my job and I had been transitioning out slowly since December 2020. And so I knew I was going to be pursuing this. So I was really transparent with what my plans were with the company I was working with. And so I was kind of phasing out over time. And once the deal happened, I knew that this is something that I could duplicate and do over and over again. And I wanted to be putting my time towards this versus what I was doing. I had a lot more excitement and passion and fire for this. And that's why I wanted to keep putting my time towards it. How did you get the confidence to be able to leave what people would consider a secure you know, job because you're getting that paycheck every single week or biweekly or whatever like that? Going entrepreneurship path where you know things are a little bit unknown, a lot of it depends on your own efforts of working and putting the efforts to continuously building up the relationship, submitting those LOIs. You don't necessarily know where your next deal is going to come from. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about how you made that decision leading up to the point where you actually decided to make that transition. Sure. Yeah. So for me, I think it's kind of something that I've been surrounded by my entire working life. I've actually never in my life had a nine to five. I've always been in sales and commission-based sales. So, you know, I was always used to the idea of, you know, if you don't sell, you don't eat, right? Or if you sell, then you eat. So everything was based off of performance and it was the same thing. So it wasn't too big of a transition, but one of the things that helped was you know, from the first deal, I got a good sizable acquisition fee of my portion of the acquisition fee. And that alone is what was allowed, you know, allowed me to buy myself some time to go get the next deal. That makes sense. And so as you transitioned into full-time real estate, and then you kind of look back to how your parents had traditionally handled, you know, the work in the 95 jobs, managing their own properties on their own, you know, what are some of the major differences that you're seeing now versus what you're doing in real estate versus, you know, how they were traditionally doing it in the past? The biggest factor is that we're not really, you know, working as much in the business as opposed to on the business. Because we've gone larger and some of these deals are bigger, we have third-party property management companies running these deals and we work closely with them. But the biggest part is my parents were active investors, right? Managing their own properties. And now they've actually since then sold all of their assets in Oregon and moved out to Texas. And they've also passively invested into two of my last five deals and probably will be again here in in some of our upcoming deals as well. But Because of that, now they're making enough passive income that they were able to finally retire 
And that for me was a huge turning point. It was very surreal for me to be able to help my parents retire and also live close to them for the first time in 14 years. Wow. So they uprooted everything to move closer to where you are in Texas. And then instead of going the active side and managing their own properties, they decided to passively invest and then just get that cash flow or and the appreciation later on by investing with you and your group. Exactly. It's really cool because you know I feel like they've worked so hard their whole life to get to where they are. And I just, I knew, I just kind of felt like it was time for them to relax a little bit and live life and travel if they want, whatever that might be, whatever their choices are. But the biggest thing is now they have that option. I'm kind of curious also, because the way that they had managed their properties, a lot of people are still doing that today as well. You know, they're still working the nine to five. They're still working those active management of their real estate properties as well. I guess, was it a challenge to educate them as you were working in multifamily and showing them like the passive income side of things and how that worked? Or did they just get it right away and they saw what you're doing? Kind of curious about that. Yeah. So the answer is no, it did not come easy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for any active investor, you know, that have done been on the active side for 20 plus years, it is a difficult thing to get them to now think passively, right? And so one, it was a model, the syndication model was a model that was foreign to my family. And so it took a lot of educating. And initially, my dad had asked me, so why are you jumping into this education program? Man, I can teach you everything you need to know about multifamily. And as right as he was, he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's seen a ton of success with what he's done. I just, he wasn't doing it the way that I would have wanted to do it. And so I had to have the difficult conversation and say, Hey, well, you know, I would just prefer to do my investing this way and told him about what I was doing now and follow the people that I was learning from and the successes that they were having. So it was difficult. You know, there's several, several conversations that had, you know, it even got to the point where I had to get my parents on the phone with my partners on the first deal and, and really educate them on the business model, the business plan how we structure the deals, everything A to Z on what we're doing. And finally, we got them comfortable with our model and what we're doing. And so now, and like I said, now they've invested in two of our deals. So fantastic. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so Eric, for you, what is next for you? And what are you most excited about coming up? You know, what's next is we're at the point where we're beginning to, a lot of opportunities are coming our way. A lot of doors are opening, partnerships, deal-wise, and it's been really fun. So now we're just focusing on the idea of scaling and putting the proper systems in place to tackle higher volume. There's a lot of stuff changing in the multifamily space, you know, interest rates, insurance, a lot of different things, right? But that means also there's a lot of potential opportunity too. So we want to be selective. We want to be conservative on the deals we do. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity coming up. And when you link up and partner up with people that have been through multiple market cycles and have that experience, then it also gives you confidence as long as you're teamed up with the right people that you can tackle deals regardless of what's going on in the economy. And so you mentioned scaling up and looking at the systems and processes and changing a couple of these things to be able to help scale up. What does that mean for you guys? And what are some of the things that you're changing in your business, how you're looking at deals, looking at real estate investing to be able to scale you up to that next level? Yeah. So one of the big things we've noticed too is as we do more and more deals, you know, I was mentioning before, but we've got more deal flow than we really know what to do with. And the biggest thing we're lacking right now is access to more capital. So 
what we're doing right now is focusing on strategic partnerships with people that can fill that void and also just building our investor database and taking it to a whole new level. So we're focusing a lot on getting out there in you know, different multifamily conferences, meetups, focusing on social media and connecting with people there and really building our investor base quite a bit. And right now we're sitting somewhere between five and 600 in our database of investors. And you know, I'd really love to get that closer to 2000. If I can get essentially what my job is, if I can grow it to 2000, then we can fund any deal 10 to 30 million you know, in a matter of a few short weeks. So that's the goal for us is really focusing on building that database of investors up so we can tackle more and more deals. So Eric, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, it's done wonders for us and me and my family. And without getting into too much detail, you know, before jumping into multifamily, I was in quite a bit of debt and really kind of hindering me and my ability to move forwards with my life and what I wanted to do. I'm currently engaged right now to a beautiful woman, Savannah. And the big thing is I wanted to propose to her years ago, but I just didn't because of the debt and my old financial situation, I wasn't able to take that step. And it's what multifamily's done is it allowed me to pay off all of my debt completely. And then it allowed me to go and get a ring for Savannah. And so now we're happily engaged, getting married on October 16th. And we're just really excited. It's definitely been a big turning point in our life. And now we have more and more deals coming and it's only going to get better. So. Oh, congratulations. I love that. That's really exciting to hear what you've been able to do, especially not even two years to be able to build up to what you're doing, get out of debt, be able to propose to the love of your life and start planning a wedding later this year. That's really exciting news. Yeah, it's been really fun. And you know, the side note to that is I'm partnered up with my fiance's mom and dad. I brought them in about a month into my journey in multifamily. And you know, at first I was a little hesitant because mixing family and business, but it ended up working out great. And the best part is it actually brought them and me much, much closer. And so we work really well professionally and we're even closer as family members now. And so if there was one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? I would say begin building your investor database from the beginning and also go big. You know, I did go big on the first one, but you know, I focused on relationships and adding value to other people. We were trying to do our own deals time and time again, and that's not effective. We learned a lot and got a lot of experience from it. But once we actually started focusing on adding value to other people and other operators that already had momentum, that's really where things kind of took off for us. And then tied up with that, I also would say starting to build the investor base from the beginning. And then also too, is one thing I wish I would have done is been vocal about what I was doing publicly on social media a little bit more. So it wasn't as much of a shock when we closed our first deal or when we start raising capital, it wasn't as much of a shock to our current network. So a combination of all those three things. And so if there was one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate, what would that be? And then also, if there was one thing that has set you up for success, what would that be? I think it stems down to mindset. I truly do because mindset is so powerful and you know, just attacking things from a solution-focused standpoint. And you know, there's good deals out there. And sometimes you have to move things around and just find solutions to make them good deals. But I think just mindset's really big because if you think back to the 27 offers that we put in before getting one accepted, 
Well, think about it. Around offer 21, 22, 23, I wasn't too optimistic about where things were going, about the offers we were put. It can really beat you down. And so having a strong mindset and being able to handle the rejection and get back up on the horse and keep moving forwards and just keep taking steps in the right direction. I think that was a huge, huge factor for us. Just I truly do believe that the only time you lose in this business is if you quit. So follow-up question to that. What was the biggest contributor to helping you to get onto and really focusing on your mindset and getting into the right mindset? One is the mastermind and education group that I joined up with that, you know, they focus a lot on mindset, but really kind of what helped propel things was when I started focusing on just relationship building. I mean, the multifamily space is a very small world and as big as it is, it's also very small and it's 100% a relationship business. And you never know when you go to a multifamily meetup or a conference or even at the coffee shop, wherever you go, you can be forming and building these relationships with people that could potentially add value to your business and that you could potentially add value to their business in return. And so I think focusing on relationships and focusing on mindset are two of the things that really help propel me in the right direction. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much. I really enjoyed learning about your journey within real estate. I mean, like I keep mentioning, you know, you've been able to do quite a bit within the 18 months that you just started. And so I really appreciate you coming on the show and I'm really grateful for your time today. Yeah. Thanks, Eileen. It was great getting to know you too and look forward to potential future opportunities that might arise for us. And so Eric, for our listeners out there who also want to find out more about what you're doing, follow you, get in touch, where's the best place for them to go? I'm on all the social medias. So my primary one, so I have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, typically use Facebook and LinkedIn more for professional purposes, but you can also go to our website, www.gibbyscapital.com. That's G-I-B-B-Y-S capital.com. You can find out more about our team, any future offerings we might have there. And if you're looking to learn more about syndication and multifamily and even passive investing, then we also have a pre-recorded webinar we put on there at www.gibbyscapital.com forward slash webinar. So you can go listen to that and feel free to reach out whenever. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Eric. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.